flakes are in. Weird Wednesday. Give you something to talk about coming up after 7 this morning. 61 degrees downtown. They're saying 98 today, which means several readings of 100. It was 100 when I got in the pickup after golf yesterday, which there comes a time in every relationship where you just need some time apart, and I think golf and I are there. <laughs> so uh, I'm not going to go see her for a couple days. We're not going to talk. I'm not going to clean clubs or put more golf balls in the bag or anything. I just, you know, I just need some space right now. If you've never played Briarwood, let me tell you, there are a lot of trees to hit. <laughs> That's what my day was all about yesterday. But I'd play again today if it wasn't going to be 100. <laughs> and I just always have to think about Paul and what I always say to people when you look at the problems in your life and you think you've got it bad. Everything in Paul's universe is worse than anything in my universe. His electric bill higher. His pays more for insurance, pays more for everything. I had one flat tire on my GMC giving me a total of one flat tire in the last 15 years. Oh my God. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> Paul has one a week, yeah. two a week. And Paul's come, Paul's come after bedtime, generally. Yeah. <laughs> so as the guys were whining and moaning about how hot it was yesterday, I'm like, well, it, hot in a golf cart is different than hot in a farm implement. So it was hot yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I had sweat running down me yesterday. And then I had to take, I, I took my big, I finished spraying some stuff and I took my my big water tank I got a 1600 gallon water tank I put on my truck and uh, use that to fill my sprayer and and I'm going to start hauling bales so I needed to get that tank off and um so I'm wrestling this tank around and you know you can't get all the water out of them and so it's probably got about probably 50 gallons of water left in it <laughs> well you know water's about eight pounds a gallon yeah so i'm wrestling this tank off of a semi flatbed and i i put my back you put your i tilt it down and can get it the weight but the water when the water shifts and goes down it gets heavy <laughs> quick so i got all the weight there on my back and i'm scrunched down and i thought you know i can't get out from underneath this thing i'm holding this tank up and uh, I, I got done with that project. And I'm just sitting there, and the sweat is just dripping off of my earlobes. And I'm going, what the hell? It was hot. Yeah. Just awful hot. Going to be hot again today. I can always tell what kind of day I had by how long it takes me in the shower. <laughs> I, I understand that, actually. <laughs> and it took me a long time in the shower last night i was talking to somebody that i worked with in radio 35 years ago and she was asking me about why do you think you've been able to last so long and i said well there's a couple of things you got to find out the right 
work situation, you got to find people that you can work for, that you have a good working relationship with. I said, uh, Paul and I have always gotten along really well. But I said something else is you never take a day off. God. Hey, Paul, it's Mark. You know, I just ran too hard this weekend, so we're going to take a three-day weekend. Yes, yeah, see, Mark <laughs> knows he can't do that. But we, we don't get days off here. That's right. We don't. Today would have been a great day off for both of us, but that's not what we do. Nope. So I'm busy haying. I've got the Hutterites helping me do some haying, and uh, we're going to start hauling bales and stuff because everybody's up against harvest. You know, harvest, this 90... Five ninety nine degree day is is pushing us closer quicker. Right, they're cutting down by hardened places like that. They're, right, they're cutting some stuff down there. So, um, and see, farmers know that they get that on that yeah. that infamous farmer network where nobody really calls, nobody really talks, but they just perk their ears up in the breeze. Uh oh, there's a combine running somewhere. Mm-hmm. I think it's down by Harden. So it's uh, Schnell, <laughs> Schnell. <laughs> That's faster, faster, faster. But we're getting it done. Good workers are good workers. And uh, I told them next uh, next fall, too, I'd give them some plugs on their turkeys uh, for the holiday. They got they got the best turkeys around. I've heard that. Paul, best turkeys around. Well, we've been eating dinner at night in the field, you know. Right. They, they bring it over and... My, hey, you're just one more my, kid to feed. <laughs> yeah, and over there, my my body has had stuff now that it hasn't had for ages. <laughs> and, you know, some of it reacts really well to it and some of it doesn't. But mm-hmm. uh, the food's good. You know, all their breads. Oh, all homemade. Oh, fresh, right out of the ground vegetables. You know, America could learn a lot from them. Really could. America doesn't want to be like the Hutterites. Uh, they don't. That and and too, America could too lose much a lot. work and sharing and sacrifice There's and not not too many of us left that work like that. No, the, the Hutterites are all about the great, the greater good for their community, and Americans aren't like that. In fact, I was talking to an, another neighbor, uh, and they said, you know, nowadays there's there's not many people like us anymore. Um, I said, no, there's not. Uh, that just you know, you, you work, well, we know quite a few people that go on the flakes trip that, uh, are just, they're hard workers. And isn't that interesting? They're the ones that can go on the flakes trip. Mm-hmm. The ones that are the hardest workers. That could be, actually, that that could be a blog post you and I could both write. That would be two different perspectives on it. But Paul and I, we walk out the door here at 10 o'clock. And every so often we have some new employee standing outside smoking a cigarette. So you're just done for the day at 10. That must be nice. <laughs> no clue. No clue. No clue whatsoever. But you know, they, um, they're very compassionate. They're kind. They help their neighbors. They know what that's all about. They know how to do they know how to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. That their gardens are second to none. Right. Um, well, they were just set up last weekend selling produce all around the Heights. I yeah. saw. Oh, it's excellent. Carrots, fruits, you know, uh, not so many fruits, but vegetables and their breads. 
and their buns. Oh, the buns are just. I'm a big fan of homemade bread, let alone great homemade bread. You know, they, they have uh, poultry and pork. And and you know what I really like? What I really like is before we eat, we, uh, we say a quick little prayer uh, before you eat. They all say a quick little prayer before they eat. And then when you're done, they say another one. And they thank, they give thanks for what they just ate. Oh, that's neat. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now it's in German. And and uh, I got I know a couple words. <laughs> uh, Donka. <laughs> I, which is thanks. Right. I know that one. Right. Uh, but it, it, they're really fast talking. It's hard for me. But uh, I think that's that's pretty cool. Because not only are they grateful for what they have, then they are grateful then afterwards for what they have just had. And I have no problem with that at all. And I'm in. I'm 100% in on that. My dad. Yeah. My dad would have been all in mm-hmm. because he there wasn't a day in his life he never thanked uh, whoever it may be, mm-hmm. woman, male, black, white. We just don't know. I have such a guilty conscience about prayer. Hi, God. It's Mark Wilson again. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I'm on a plane in January just getting ready to take off, and every year at this time, I like to have a little talk with you, just make sure everything's going to go safe. Right. <laughs> but see, your prayers are a little different. Mark, How is that? Dear God, just give me this one shot. If I can just clear this water, okay, then he, then he needs him, okay? Then... Then he leaves the hole and he gets up to the next tee box and there's a 35-year-old woman built like a brick house standing there. And he's back to God again. And, you know, uh, then after that doesn't pan out, it's 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 gone. Um, but uh, you could learn a lot from them. Mm-hmm. Good, good people. And... Uh, they get a bad rap for a lot of stuff. Well, get made fun of because of their work ethic. Yeah. Because oh, all yeah. they want to do is work and work some more. Yeah. You can overpower a lot of big jobs with just manpower. There'll be some. Well, I'll tell you, you, you know, the cats, coyotes, cockroaches, and crows, mm-hmm. the four C's that are going to be here when things end. Mm-hmm. If there's any people that will survive, it will be them. Yeah. Yeah, because they, they don't need to come to town. They know how to survive. Yep. They, they can do it. They're subsistent. Um, resilient. That's another good word. But most, you know, most farmers and ranchers are. You, you have, have, you you have you, to be. You do have to be. Yeah. You, you, can't let, you, you, you can't let a year where you get hailed out and then have yeah. another. Yeah. The you know. ones, the ones who aren't, are the ones who won't make it. Uh, whatever it takes, that's the motto. But uh, yeah, I should be able to finish up haying and stuff by this weekend, and then uh, start planning for harvest and 
think Maddie's coming out this weekend, and her boyfriend's going to come out to fiance. Or fiance, that's right, fiance. Um, help with harvest and that kind of stuff. So, mm. and it's a good thing it's getting close because of grasshoppers. Woo! I know how bad they are at the golf course. I can't imagine oh. what, what it's like out at the grasshopper buffet Man. out your way. You drive down the road. And I don't know who the guy is driving the gravel truck down our road. I know his last name is Hole. <laughs> it's, okay. good to, it's good to know your neighbors. Yes. His last name is Hole. That's all I know. But they're doing some work on a railroad thing up there. And this guy is driving by on our road with gravel, driving by the homes and stuff there. 55 miles an hour loaded. No, not good. Well, the dust. Mm-hmm. With total disregard... For the people who make their living there, their lives there, who live there, Mm -hmm. with their homes there. And he's just fogging them with dust. And I was going to try to catch him yesterday. I was in my fuel wagon and he had turned and went. But, um, you know, because when it gets dry, the roads get dusty and stuff. And it's just part of the neighbor. Neighbors know to do that. Everybody knows you do that when you approach a homestead. Mm -hmm. Um. So, I don't know where he's from, but I was going to have a little talk with him if I caught up with him. Well, there's all kinds of things today on the news front. Uh, Some new science out today on COVID-19. This is big news. In Colorado, uh, they will stop serving alcohol past 10 (laughs) o'clock. Another scientific breakthrough Wow! in the world of battling coronavirus. How in the hell is that going to do anything? Mark, your guess is as good as mine. 10 o'clock. Bars, restaurants across the state will stop serving alcohol past 10. Now, that's funny because the science in Montana says 1130. Yeah. But in Colorado... Kids who are between the ages of 5 and 10, they don't need a mask. Mm -hmm. But in Montana, kids between 5 and 10 need a mask, and kids 5 and under don't. So the science is different depending on the state and location. Yes, Mark? Uh, Will they also be stopping the purchases of cannabis at 10 p.m.? I'm not sure. The order is expected to take effect before the weekend and last for 30 days. Well, that's... More science. More science. (laughs) A 30-day, four-hour moratorium on alcohol sales will really help. Well, if 10 o'clock is going to help, wouldn't 9 o'clock be better? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. See, there is no... There's no science. I'll go ahead and speak on behalf of all drinkers. Ooh, so you're going to quit selling us booze at 10, okay? Drink at friends' houses, buy booze ahead of time, buy it by the case during the day. Go to bed at 7. <laughs> I speak for those guys, too. <laughs> yeah. Go to bed at 7. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Well, we got these people in, in these positions of power who are apparently anti-bar, restaurant, and alcohol because those are the ones that continue to suffer. Again, not a, not a single government worker has lost anything here unless he drinks after 10 in Colorado. Joe Biden has picked Elizabeth Warren to be one of his policy advisors. Oh, good to know. Uh-huh. That's good. Here's something else we can talk about today. Major League Baseball players kneeling during the national anthem now before their games. Major League Baseball starts uh, starts tomorrow. Uh, Giants players knelt before the national anthem, and so did Giants manager Gabe Kapler knelt before the national anthem to bring awareness to racial injustice. And if I could just talk to these players for one time, uh, racial injustice. Racial injustice. So are they bringing... Awareness to all racial injustice or just one avenue of racial injustice? Are they are they kneeling? Are they kneeling for the injustice done to the Jewish community in the United States? That's not what they're kneeling for. Well, then they're not kneeling for racial injustice. Uh, they're well, kneeling for only one race. Yes, you're exactly right is racial injustice. Right. When you kneel for only one race and one race only, that's racial injustice, in my opinion. You know, when you kneel in church and you pray for mankind, you pray for all mankind. Exactly. They're kneeling for one color. Yeah, which is which is racial. It's racial injustice. They're not. I haven't heard any of these players talking when they kneel down about the persecution and harassment and the hate crimes targeted to the Jewish community in the United States, which is the number one community with hate crimes is a Jewish community, right? According to the FBI. None. Okay. They're not they're not kneeling for them. Racial injustice. Are they kneeling for every time that a white American in the United States or a white person is shot by a black policeman? No. Not one. No, that's can not what any it's of about. You, can any of you folks out there given me give me the name of the last of the last white person who was killed by a black policeman in America where it was uh, all over the news and then cries for uh, justice came out. None. Zero. We don't get those stories. Now, before you jump on my ass about this, I gave you the stats over and over again a few weeks ago. This, uh, And you can get them right off the uh, the computer. They keep a tally. And this year, the amount of white Americans shot by policemen compared to African Americans or black Americans is double. Was double. Mm -hmm. At the time, and this was as of June 20th, there was about 407, I believe, 
or 414 and 207 black Americans shot by policemen. No outcry, racial injustice. Look, and, and, and the guy in Minneapolis was a puke. He was an evil person. This guy shouldn't even have been a cop. The unions protected him. The unions protected that cop and these baseball players who are all so adamant about their baseball players union should be using their power as a union to go against the union that protects these rogue employees. Yeah, but unions, they don't go after each other. No, they don't. Okay, so we had an, an, an incident of racial injustice there, like we have all around the country, of every person. Are there any Asian Americans out there right now who are listening who can tell you about racial injustice? Yes. Are there, are there Native Americans out there that can tell you about racial injustice? Yes. Are there Eskimos? Yes. Are there Latinos? Yes. Are there white Americans who can tell you about racial injustice? Yes. On how they're treated if they go in, say, for instance, to an, an Asian neighborhood or a Latino neighborhood? Yes. Can you imagine the things that are said in NBA locker rooms around America about certain white Americans? Mm-hmm. Is that racially unjust? Yes, it is. But the way that the media portrays this and the way that it's that this is being covered, analyzed, talked about, there is only one You're right. racial injustice in America. Only one. Mm-hmm. Ask the poor Muslims of the United States of America who are good, hardworking, law-abiding citizens who profess their faith to the Muslim religion. Ask them if there is any racial injustice. Ask them, have you heard about them in this cause? No. What have we heard about? Only one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Only one. And black lives matter. And if you say, if you respond with all lives matter, you're a racist. Mm-hmm. From, from what I've read, I don't understand it. Well, most, most, uh, a lot of those, they're just anarchists anyway. Right. They're there to raise hell, and everybody knows it. And this is, uh, this is surprising. You wonder where we are today? And, and I really, this is why I really, truly, deep down believe then America is going to respond. And uh, I believe America is going to respond in a far different way that you're being told that America is going to respond. For instance, the rash of violence that is going on in Portland, uh, as I blogged about yesterday, Portlandistan. And let me read you, let me read you a couple articles from Associated Press, a news agency that sends this bullshit stuff out to everybody. Here's three headlines from Associated Press today. Three that every news organization, every KTVQ in the country, every news radio outlet in the country, every major news network in the country will pick up all these headlines and run with these stories. I'll read you the three headlines. Number one, 
very frightening. Opposition grows to U.S. agents in cities. Okay, that's the headline. Number two, heavily armed U.S. agents on city streets. Can Trump do that? (laughs) Number three, Trump has been on both sides of state rights amendments. Okay, three headlines from AP. Now, I'm going to tell you what they tell you. When it comes to battling coronavirus, this is from a woman named Jill Colvin out of Washington. When it comes to battling coronavirus, and President Trump has made clear that states are largely on their own. But when it comes to squelching protests in Democrat-run cities, Trump's eager to send in the federal troops. Now, you are such a witch. Oh, my God. First of all, the president signed all those trillions of dollars of money that went to states all across the United States to help with coronavirus, okay? Second of all, the president is protecting federal property, all right? Federal property. Federal property. Let's read from the story, Heavily Armed Agents in City Streets. This is by Ben Fox out of Washington. The Trump administration deployed agents with tactical gear to confront protesters in downtown Oregon. First sentence of that that paragraph is totally untrue. Untrue. The president didn't send federal troops there to confront protesters. The president sent troops down there to confront criminals. Exactly. Peaceful protesters can peacefully protest. And then the one about very frightening opposition grows. The Trump administration is facing growing pushback. <laughs> In courts and the streets by setting agents to Portland. Far from tamping down the unrest that followed George Floyd's killing. The presence of federal agents in Portland has energized the protesters. Energized is a nice-ass word to use. (laughs) And here's what I think. I think most Americans who are not being represented in any of these stories by any news organization, by the way, don't think it's right. For people, just because they're protesting, to be overlooked by the rule of law and be able to burn, destroy, loot, graffiti, assault, and be able to hide behind the shelter of the word protester. Because you're not a protester. You're not. You're a criminal. And this is what, look, they're in there harassing you. They're trying to disband these protesters and get rid of them. And they're attacking federal property. Yesterday, there were federal agents inside the federal building. They weren't even outside. And you know what these peaceful, God-loving protesters did? They started peeling down the plywood and tearing down the plywood protections and stuff on the federal building, trying to get in. Wanted to burn it down. So that's when the federal agents came out and took on the protesters. Now... Are there really that many dumbasses in the country that think they have the right? There are. There to, are. To burn, pillage, ruin, bit, loot. See, I there are few, but it's not 
what you're getting here, no, it's not most of America. This is how they're portraying this. Oh, this is this is a fraction of the population. Absolutely, they th- they they want to paint the, that most of America believes in their cause and what they're doing, and they need to destroy cities, burn it, raise hell, hurt people, assault people, do whatever they have to do. There's people that actually believe that. Now, if they want to peacefully protest, knock yourself out. You don't have to be to work anyway. These people are going to... Folks, have you ever walked the streets of Billings? How many... Let me ask you this question. Walk from uh, Jake's on 27th up to the old Pug Mahone's place. All right? Walk a couple blocks. And I want you to tell me how many three-inch rocks you find on the road and sidewalks. <laughs> Zero. Zero. How are, how are all of these rocks showing up at these protests? The same way the bricks did. How are they showing up? They're bringing them. That's not the intention of a peaceful protest. No. Molotov cocktails, crowbars, you name it. Plus, I hope these people know they're using a lot of their PTO. Their employer is keeping track, Mark, while they're all out on the streets Uh for 55 days in a row. That's a hell of a vacation plan. But look, the point is, most of America, you you people have to keep the faith. You have to remain optimistic. Most of America does not like this. No. I don't condone this type of activity anywhere, any city. I don't give a damn what kind of governor or mayor runs it. Wrong is wrong. Breaking law is breaking law. And there are no excuses, and most Americans believe in that. And you would never get that by reading just these three articles from Associated Press. And so people get discouraged. They hear this stuff day in and day out, and they think that that's what most of America is. And I'm here to tell you, it's not. It's not what most of America is. So... Keep the faith. You know, good always triumphs over evil. Always. It always does. And it will. And after November the 3rd or whatever it is this year, this stuff, I believe, will quiet down. I totally agree with that. Because then they'll wait. They'll wait until the next election. Mm -hmm. When we'll see more of this type of activity and even have it expanded because they'll have a a few years to think about it. And the things that Nancy Pelosi says and Chuck Schumer, what they say, that's disgusting. Somebody needs to get the microphone in the Congress. I would tell them right to their face, you're disgusting human beings with no respect for law, order, and the system that the country has. And you can disagree with all your counterparts and you can make your points and you can have opposing views, but you don't have to be so disgusting and so vile and so full of hate. That's what we're dealing with. And where does this hate surface? Where does this hate originate? Listen to how they talk. Mm-hmm. Disgusting. Spewing hate. Disgusting. Oh, disgusting how they act. Oh, listen to you talk. 
You said, you, look, I'm not a congressman, but you respect the office. Hey, I had some good things to say about President Obama. I had some good things to say about Michelle Obama. I haven't heard any of them ever say anything good, ever. Not one thing, ever. Another COVID death here in Billings at the memory care facility uh, yesterday. Uh, immediately, immediately, they were able to uh, announce to the public that it was a COVID-19 death. We don't know whether there was any congestive heart failure, whether they had a small stroke, uh, any, any, any other underlying conditions, no. which, which we've, we've gotten, no. we've gotten word that that's going on. It takes five days to get a positive test back on a COVID-19 check, but we do know immediately after the heart stops, by the time the third beat would have beaten, we know it's a COVID-19 death. By the way, I was looking yesterday, folks, how many, and I would like to ask our public health director this who has a degree in business administration and public health from the University of Montana. How come we have not, isn't it interesting that we have not had one flu death since January? Not one. That is a miracle. Have you heard? No. We haven't had one flu death since January. Not one. Well, or, uh, excuse me, or at least we haven't heard of them. Right. The flu stopped in January and the COVID death started in January through now. Mm-hmm. There have been no, even the most vulnerable of the populations, people in their 80s and 90s at nursing home facilities, assisted living facilities, we haven't heard of one flu death anywhere which is highly contagious and deadly in nursing homes and hospitals mm-hmm. protocol has been in place for many many years for flu because it's so deadly to certain individuals with compromised immune systems cancers mm-hmm. my daughter works in a hospital jake's there all, all same thing and we have not had one reported flu death by any of our news stations here locally that i know of Uh, Since January, which is unprecedented. Never in our history, in our time before, have we ever been able to so successfully control the death rates of flu, the H1N1, as we have in the last six months. Mm -hmm. You're right on. I haven't heard of them. Pneumonia. You know how many pe- you know how many people die every year from pneumonia? Unbelievable. How many people die from pneumonia every year? Isn't it interesting that over the last 6 months here in at least our county and our town, we haven't had the report of any any vulnerable person who's battling cancer, senior citizens, uh compromised, not one person has reportedly died from pneumonia since january haven't heard and people are just eating it up you got the believers out there just eating this up oh no oh no it's a thing and it's all true and one of the reasons is because anybody who dies is a covid19 death right my sister listens to us and her is talking about uh 
schools trying to deal with a COVID thing. And she lives in northern Kentucky. There are 39 Catholic schools within her region that all have their act together. They already have their plans, their back-to-school plans in place, ready to go. They're going to do mask temperature checks. Uh the social distancing in their schools as they bring their kids back for in-class instruction. Isn't that interesting? Uh-huh. 39 schools, mask requirements for students, first grade and above. Other requirements include a daily health self-assessment, For the teachers, students, and staff before they come to school, there'll be temperature checks at the school, distancing of six feet in the hallways and in the classrooms, plus increased hygiene and sanitation. Additionally, school water fountains will be used only to refill bottles only. Field trips for the first half of the year are canceled. After school clubs, academic teams, and other extracurriculars will resume with social distancing. They released all their guidelines Tuesday. They staggered their lunch and their recess times to accommodate the distancing rules. They've extended dismissal times to avoid students and parents congregating at the end of the day. Parents have to stay in their cars when students are dismissed. If they go to pick up the kids, right? Uh, they're confident by working with all these standards, they'll be able to keep things under control. Plans were created by a subcommittee that they had put together. The associate superintendent of Catholic schools, which were made up of all kinds, principals, doctors, they had attorneys involved also in their decision. Isn't that interesting? All of this was be able to be done for those 39 schools by July the 21st, mm-hmm. July 20th of this week. And what is our school district doing? Well, we're in planning stages. Uh-huh. Now, listen to everything that they have already completed. Why? Because they knew back in March, like our schools knew, that it was going to be different. Right. And by the way, the Catholic schools do not get the kind of stimulus money that School District 2 gets. They got $3.2 million to help with this. Now, their plan is in place. Why isn't our plan in place? I'm a black and white kind of guy. Yeah. And I plan and I do things and I've got a business just like other small business leaders. We all plan... Why hasn't our plan been finalized and in place as of January 20th? We have just learned it can be done. Thousands of school districts around the state already have their plans done, completed. People know exactly how it's going to work. The end. Did you see anything in here about online classes for their kids? No. No. No, they're just going to school. You go to school. Any parent... And this is what I said yesterday about simplifying the plan. Any parent in Billings that does not feel confident that their child will be safe, you keep your child home and you're responsible for the education of your child. The end. Right. The end. Now, 
There are classes online that are available for those with the most compromised immune systems, uh, people who have asthma, that kind of thing. Great. But here's one thing they're making a huge mistake. The option of choosing in school district two, of all things, all districts and of all public school systems who fight school choice anyway <laughs> are now going to give them a school choice. That's a great point. In Billings, you can't pick which school you want your no. kid to go to. But These people are adamantly against school choice, and they're giving you now a school choice. That should be thrown out. That is a bad policy. It is. It's not my responsibility as a school administrator and a and and a a proprietor of your tax dollars to take care of people who refuse to send their kids to the system that we offer that's not his responsibility if a parent makes a choice i'm keeping my kid home let me let me give you an example number here's another one um if if 150 parents in billings decided not to send their kids to school because they're not vaccinated and we don't believe in vaccines. Okay, that's your choice. Did the school then come up with a their own individual educational plan then to educate all of those kids who were not vaccinated and stayed out because they don't, did they come up and say, okay, then we'll take care of that group too? No, they didn't do that. No. Here's the plan. School opens. You need to implement all these things that I just read for your school systems because we know it can be done. Thousands of them around the country. Don't tell me it can't be done. It can be done. Is there going to be inconveniences? Yes. Is it going to be uh, a little more work? Yes, it is. But get it done. And then everybody else who I don't like it, I don't feel safe. I understand, sweetheart, and you're absolutely right. When you decide to come back in our school system, let us know, Mm -hmm. and you can come back. The end. The end. You cannot personalize a menu choice for each individual parent of a school district and have an option for every one of them that wants to come in. Well, I want my son to come in on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday because I want him to get some instruction but not on whatever. Can't do it. Well, my kids prefer online instruction. First of all, as a parent, you got to step in and say, I don't give a damn what you prefer. You're going to school. We know that 99.9999998% of these kids between the ages of 6 and 18 are going to be fine. Too complicated plan. Too many options. Trying to appease too many people, too many groups, too many organizations. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. In Kentucky, you're going to school. That's it. You want to be educated. We have a facility where you can be. The end. I don't want to go to the doctor's office because there's too many chances of picking up something there. So I need the podiatrist and I also need somebody else to come to my house or video conference me and do all my treating online so I don't miss the final showcase. Okay? That's not how things work. Step up. Make the call. Make the decision. You're the big guy on campus. It's up to you. Do it. Right. 
Quit worrying about the money. Well, wait, we don't get the money then if we don't have the kit. Is that your priority? If they don't like the service offered as far as education goes for the child, you're on your own. Right. The end. That's your choice. That's your choice.